Hey, it's Mark Shifley here. You're listening to the Jet Centric Podcast. Hey there, Jets fans. It's Kishore again. We're here with Jet Centric episode 79, and we're doing a roundtable on the playoff push or not push or sideways maneuvers that are going on. And I'm sure in typical Jet Centric fashion, we'll be off topic here in just a minute. Uh, we got Rowdy and Mike, both who haven't been on in a long time. Welcome back, gentlemen. Hey, what's hey, up? Glad to be on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't notice how how uh, 80s porn that intro music is, but it's pretty classic 80s porn music there. But um, anyway, you know, we're trying to keep that Winnipeg vibe alive and well, or maybe that's more of a Tampa vibe. I don't know. I only I only I'm not familiar with 80s porn. I'm more of a 90s porn guy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I do love how Mark Shifley emphasizes the C in jet centric <laughs> podcast. Like he really pays attention to that detail. I mean, Mark Shifley is trying to be the Tom Brady of hockey, right? So he's going to enunciate every single letter that he can. And, uh, you know, Shifley definitely has the eighties, uh, porn stash going, uh, or he's had it before. Like, I don't think he can grow a full beard. Um, so he's gone with the full porn stash look. Yeah, he's too Richie Cunningham to be porn stashed for me. But <laughs> I don't know. And he doesn't even swear. We know this now. Yeah, like he's uh, this is canon now. Me. Yeah, he's he's like an Opie Taylor. Really, is basically what Mark Shifley is. So I thought that was what you call a good Canadian boy. That's not how it goes. A good Canadian boy. Yeah, I mean, like being from the states, I thought good Canadian boys—they—they they didn't swear, they're polite, all of that kind of stuff. No, no. Good, okay, good, good. Canadian boys swear like truckers and drink a ton of beer. That's what a good Canadian okay. boy does. Yeah. What, like, what kind of beer? Because I know Mike's been putting back some bad beer tonight. So, are we? <laughs> do we think Shifley drinks like good stuff if he drinks beer, or do you think he's like more of a, uh, like a thirty pack from the truck stop? Uh, he's he looks like a Michelob Ultra to me, but <laughs> <laughs> so okay. So first off, I got it in all, full disclosure. Uh, good friend of mine, Tyler, uh, who Tyler and I used to run a Jets blog together. My buddy Tyler is also here, and he has access to the mic, so he may uh, may chime in with with his uh, with his Jets opinions as well. So full disclosure. If anybody hears a weird voice, it's probably his. Yeah, I did. Okay. As if we're not being weird enough at already uh, off the top. Uh, Mike, Roddy, have you been watching the games the, the past week? Yeah, yeah, I've seen a few. Yep. Uh, what do you think? What do you think of how we're doing? Okay. I was, I saw most of the game. So we had the two games against Washington and then the most recent one against Buffalo. So And Edmonton in between there. Oh, okay. I forgot. I think that one was maybe blanked. Did that one? We lost that one, right? Yeah, right. Shit. I blocked that one out of my memory. But I did see um, uh, the two Washington games, and uh, I was actually at the game against, like, the second one against Washington. Uh, Tyler and I were. So I thought, I basically have pretty positive thoughts about, I guess, like, the last, the third period against Washington during the first game. And, you know, I really have strong feelings in favor of Connor Hellebuck for the, uh, for the second game. I mean, really the to- the whole team I thought played pretty, pretty well, but uh, yeah, we had, had a fun time there. It was good. 
Yeah, Roddy, what do you think? Well, in the first couple periods of that for that first Washington game had me reminiscing about that lockout year when they played Washington back to back at home, and is is like the beginnings of you know those two horrid back to back losses that totally took them out of the playoffs that year. I don't know if you guys remember that. I'm, are you quoting like? Jets schedule from like five years ago. Yeah. That's impressive. That's like a deep cut, man. Love it. Well, that's yeah. No, that's we're talking like almost Mike. What that, that lockout year was 2012, right? I think it was 2012, 2013, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so yeah. It, it was like March of that lockout year, and we were like in the thick of it in the Southeast Division still. And here we are playing the Caps. Back to back chance to chance to gain some momentum and maybe make the playoffs, and we got totally slaughtered two games in a row on home ice. And the first two periods of that first game kind of felt like that, especially the first period of that that first game. And then you know a bounce or two, and then some confidence in the third period. And I think they've been playing you know pretty decent hockey since then. Like yes, yesterday's game, that first period was probably one of the best first periods all year, right? Energy wise and and effort wise. Like I test anyways, right? So I don't know. A little optimistic with, with the effort for sure. Like Kyle Kyle Connor is finishing like like no other, right? So which is what he does and well there's some there's some optimism there. I'm actually really high on how the Jets are playing. Even the Edmonton game where they got uh where they lost. I mean they essentially lost because of two penalties and they played the number one power play in the league, uh, but they I they completely outplayed Edmonton for most of that game, and then they they really showed a lot in in Washington uh, coming back. So uh, I I think it's going to be hard for them to make the playoffs. I think when you look at the standings, they're actually tenth by points percentage, so they have a a lot of work to do because technically Minnesota and Nashville are ahead of them with all the games in hand, uh, but. I'm this will be this will make me happy if they're playing like this down the stretch, whether they make it or not, because it seems like they've started to at least grow out of that early season funk where they were they looked like they were coming to the ranks scared to play because of how bad their defense is. So now their defense is still pretty bad, but they're at least like, yeah, Connor Hellbeck will take care of us on the backside and we're just going to try to play how we're designed to play. The entire season so far has been one giant trust exercise where like the Jets the Jets fall backwards and then Connor Hellebuck just catches them. He just catches them because he's there. Mm-hmm. I, I like what what about what about the fact that Shifley looks like motivated now now that he's back with Wheeler? I don't know. Is that is that just something in my head or So I feel weird about this because I was one of those people that was arguing, I I feel like for two years to be like, can we break them up just to try, just to try breaking them up to see what happens to the rest of the lineup. Um, And now they're back together. and I'm kind of like, yeah, this is a good call. Uh, But Shifley looks like, I mean, he's actually back checking. Uh, I don't know. This is like the first time in about a year. I feel like I've seen him really skate back hard and and take guys out in the back of the play. Well, that, um, it's fantastic. And that that kind of brings up my point. Like, it, was he pouting the whole time and forgot how to back check? Because he's had severely forgotten how to for how long, right? You know what I mean? Like, 
is is that indicative of what why he's he's played the way that that he has because he's not in a situation that he quote unquote really wants to be in i don't know he strikes me as the kind of guy that is the prototypical i'm gonna do too much i'm gonna try to uh score and be all over the ice and make the perfect play and you can he, stri- he also strikes me as a guy that like puts an immense amount of pressure on himself, kind of like in that Wheeler mode. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's like just chilled out a little bit. And that's why we're seeing him play better. But I don't know. I like I'm not in Winnipeg hearing the media every day. Are are, are they giving him like a kind of pass on this or or kind of uh, really uh, celebrating how he's been the, the past couple weeks? I, I think that he's been actually called out a little bit in the media, not so much like the last like few games, but uh, I remember uh, Jets play-by-play guy Paul Edmonds, who is pretty willing to speak his mind on things. He like has been calling out Shifley here and there, and I've definitely heard it. it. I think it's whether it's him or just something else has been giving some Jets fans license to ask questions about Shifley. Not so much like. Shifley, it's not so much like in the offensive zone, but Shifley has been, I kind of personally been wondering whether he like feels like he's underpaid. Like I've been making half as much money as I should be making. So I'm only going to try and half the ice kind of thing. And yeah, to your point, I think that perhaps, yeah, there, he seems to be trying harder, like bringing his, a little bit more of his 2017, 2018 self, uh, in the defensive zone the last couple of games since he's been back with Wheeler. And I think, yeah, irony. the irony is that for all of us who have been thinking when they were our two best forwards, we should split them up. Now it seems like maybe they should be together because they do bring the best of each other right now. So, yeah, that's, that's what I've been noticing. Uh, what about this playoff push? How do you feel they're handling all the injuries? Because... For a couple games there, especially the Buffalo Edmonton uh, games, uh, I was like, "Who are some of these people that are in the <laughs> on the lineup card?" Like when Nogier was like called up, I was like, "Oh no, we are in in deep trouble." Um, but like with Niku out, uh, Perot and Lowry still out. Morrissey was out there for uh, a couple games. How do you think they're sort of weathering uh, pretty much their worst injury stretch of the season? Oh, I was waiting for you to jump in, Roddy. For some reason, I thought you would go first. But I think that they've been relying on Connor Hellebuck a lot, like they have all season. But I don't think that is the whole story. I can't help it. I think that they do have – I think they have been – like they've been bringing a ton of effort and they do have a ton of finishing power. Uh, When you look at Kyle Connor, uh, who's mainly been carrying the goal-scoring load the last few games – uh, I think that that is a testament to some of the high-end skill, the high-end goaltending they've been receiving. But I do buy the fact that, you know, whether it's just by guts or intangibles or leadership or what, I do think there's something else going on where the players have been giving, have been going a little bit above and beyond. And, you know, I think I am a little bit of a believer that they might surpass the odds and beat Nashville and Minnesota and take the final playoff spot. You think they're going to make it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Get in here. 
All right, I want to get in here. Um, this uh, this quote unquote playoff push of theirs act- reminds me a lot of um, your basketball fan at all, Kishar? Yeah, yeah. Um, back in like when I was in high school, like 2002, I think it was. The Raptors were putting in uh, a great effort all season ish, and then uh, Vince Carter was was pushing through some injuries. And it did look like they were kind of on the cusp of making it to the playoffs. And Carter said, no, I'm going to have this surgery. And everyone was very shocked because, you know, VC was like their all-star. He was, he was the man. Um, But the whole team just kind of rallied around this of like, you know, it's not all about Vince Carter. Like we can do this. And I get that same sort of vibe from this team. It's like, you know what, we're going to go for it. We're doing our best. And, uh, you know, if, if things don't turn out quite the way we want them to, it's not the end of the world. But we're putting in the, our absolute, like, a, to to uh, put a real uh, stupid classic sportsism in, 110%. And I think it's it's admirable in, in every way. And in the end, if it doesn't work out, hey, great season of, you know, a lot of adversity. And if it does work out, hell yeah. So Roddy, you're you're back now. Um, uh, how do you feel? Like, is it playoffs or bust? Are you uh, are you just happy with how they're playing right now? I'm happy to watch entertaining games. Um, I don't know that my give a shit demeanor uh, <laughs> for this year, uh, especially since, like, you know, I'm not the biggest Maurice fan. I don't know if you guys know that, but. My give it. I think that's true of anyone that's ever been on this podcast. <laughs> but my, my really, my give a shit a meter has really kind of waned, especially since the uh, the. Extension wait, wait, wait! We got we got to calibrate the give a shit a meter. So give a shit a meter. Let's put you as uh, anyone that uh, has ever been an Ottawa Senators fan uh, to uh, Collar Dwayne from Buffalo. Where are you on the give a shit a meter? <laughs> um you know i gave up my 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 tickets after the second month that's how much of a shit i've i've given wait i think that's you gave them up like are you like are you selling them or are you just giving them away i just said to the guys in in the ticket group you know what can't do it this year you know i've taken is it a money thing or or what (laughs) i it's a money thing. The product was wasn't that great. Um, I don't know. And to me, the experience at games um, for the last few years just isn't what it what it used to be, right? And you know, I, I love watching the game. I love watching the Jets. I mean, this year, you know what? The time commitment and everything, and and you know, as the year went on, you know what? I just gave up. You know, I had I had eight games left, and I just. Gave them up. I, I offered to sell them on my own, and the guys just said, "Okay, no, we'll we'll try to figure it out and find somebody to take them up." But you know, um, hey, unrelated question, Roddy. But have you like, is there a cool show on Netflix you've been really binging? Or <laughs> <laughs> I started Who Killed Mac- Malcolm X the other day. But just <laughs> nice man. <laughs> but uh, uh, you, you know, the last couple weeks, especially, you know. Uh, been watching a lot of curling and um, <laughs> yeah, right on. Yeah, right. so 
yeah, dude, he's team wildcard, man. Team wildcard. He's going off, and some of some of the shots he's making too. Like, I mean, crazy, crazy. Oh my god, if this isn't a wake up call for like the Jets marketing department <laughs> when like when guys are talking about curling and Mac- Malcolm X documentaries, uh, in it instead god of watching it. the Jets. Um, okay, uh, can I Mike, swoop, can I swoop in? I'll- yeah. yeah. I, I, I still care. I, I care. I care. Like I, I'm definitely fascinated if the Jets were to make the playoffs. It's not so much that I find meaning in like the Jets going on an improbable Stanley cup run. It's not so much like that, but I do, I do, um, I do, I do think it's cool. I love that. Like, I'm still glad like the Jets are back. I like going to games. Uh, I, did uh, I did give away a pair of tickets to one of my employees the other night, but but I still think it's fun to go to games when it's so quiet in the arena. And if you yell out anything, there's like 500 people that are going to hear exactly what you yell out. And I just you can't buy that kind of access to people's uh, to people's ears. One time, one time I went and I started actually auctioning off me promoting the company of whoever wanted to for money. And no one, no one would take it, but I would totally yell out like your promotional material for your company's name, and you just can't buy that that kind of airtime for cheaper than like ten dollars. So, yeah, so literally, you can buy that kind of airtime. It's like what the advertising yeah, industry the is built on. I meant to say the word "can" because so, if I'm at the game, then yes. <laughs> what kind of stuff are you yelling out? Like you're like you should go, uh, you should go to Donuts that. Dot co dot ca like are you putting like full urls in the in these like chants what are we talking no, about no, here? i mean so it's not i do honestly okay like i'm kind of joking and yes i literally did that but i think it's more about <laughs> i think it's more about the fact that this year like if you're talking about if you're to talk about like okay if the jet is the jet season like a failure or a success i would answer that question more in terms of is like Roddy, are you having fun watching the team play like like in person or like on your like on your TV and stuff? Are you enjoying are you enjoying the product that's there? I think that's the really big question because every once in a while the Jets are gonna have a chance at winning the Stanley Cup and we should everyone's gonna stop what they're doing and watch and like go crazy and rush Portage and Maine. But there's gonna be a lot of times where it's really more about just like are you having fun at the game and are you having fun watching? And uh, unfortunately, it's becoming a little bit less and we need to, you know, everyone's being honest about that. There's tickets for sale now. And I just think that, okay, like it's really what we should keep in mind is are people having fun? So that's kind of my, that's my postmodern answer to your question. I, I, I'm totally with well, you. Uh, AJ and I were talking a couple of weeks ago in typical jet centric fashion uh, we were recording and botched the recording and we we're talking about this. I've been a Jets <laughs> fan since like 92. And so uh, there's one constant in being a Jets fan that long and that's losing. And it's like I, I, losing nice. doesn't bother me. Like them not making the playoffs doesn't bother me. Um, it, it's totally what you're saying. Like, am I having fun watching the games? Like, I miss a little bit of the the kind of weirdness. It, like Winnipeg used to have the rep of like the weirdest, strangest chance when you would show up uh, to a game there, and we've lost a little bit of that. I think I feel like people since the the run the playoff runs the last few years have started taking the team a little bit too seriously, 
and you're seeing that reflected in people putting their tickets up for sale because it's a little less fun. Like uh, the, you know, the, the home games are just a little less, you know, crazy and weird. Uh, so I'm actually hoping they embrace a little bit more of that because that's, that's what you have to do. Now, when it comes down to the playoffs, I also feel for I, the I fact- just want to jump in and say that I have bad news for you because the owners of the Winnipeg Jets are true north. Oh, yeah. No, I know this. Yeah, they are no fun. They are the definition of the no fun. Of I the think no fun if anyone's listening to the podcast, they literally called the cops on, I don't know where they're sending them to, but they called the cops on us. The street hockey they, people. Yeah. The cops have been called, so we only have 20 minutes left. Yeah, the fun team. <laughs> but sorry, sorry, you were going to say about the playoff push. I don't I, I don't say like, I, am... I don't want to sidetrack. I, I do understand that we are um, a, still a small market. And so making the playoffs means like, you know, a million or two million bucks a home game. So I hope they make it just because of how much money that means for the team and what it means for, you know, all the restaurants and stuff down uh, down near the arena. Because that's like that's not a not big deal. Uh, but I have no expectations that this is a, a team that can make some sort of deep run or this is a Stanley Cup year or anything. I just want to have fun down the stretch. And at least the last like four or five games, I'm having a lot more fun. Uh, Mike, did it feel that way when you went to the game? Uh, the I think you went to the Buffalo game, right? Or the Washington game at home. We, we went to the shutout uh, victory against Washington. The second Washington yeah. game. And was it fun in the arena? Uh okay no the, was it fun in the arena no yeah. but but um was it fun like like I we have the attitude like a lot of some Jets fans when they come have the attitude of we're gonna bring our own fun and I think that that's basically being realistic like sometimes you'll go and it'll just end up being like there'll be like oh maybe like fights and stuff but it'll be high energy ref will make some bad calls it'll be like a you know Friday Saturday game or like a Thursday night. So definitely, like, it can still feel like the MTS center of old, uh, at least to, like, a large extent for a regular season game. But you basically, like, for the for that Washington game, I think that was a midweek game, I want to say. Okay, so it's Thursday game. But, yeah, I mean, we had a lot of fun. Uh, we had a lot of fun. And, yeah, like, it was fun to see, like, three goals for the good guys was great. And um, saw Ovi try to take a dive into the board, so... I was hopelessly yelling at him the entire game from the upper deck, but it was fun. Uh, it was fun. I, I had a lot of fun. I don't know about everybody, but I think that most people had fun. Yeah. Is, is it, you know what? At the beginning of the year, though, a lot of the hockey was boring, right? It, it was boring hockey to watch. And yet there's only so many times that, like, I occupied myself with actually whoever I was at the game with, like, actually counting how many times Anthony Anthony Botetto gave it away within three seconds of, of touching the puck. Right? That's that that's half the time. And the, the other half, the arena is so quiet that you spend your time listening to how annoying what the other fucking fans are talking about or who they're fucking griping about. And that's... It's that's usually, it's usually line A, though. Let's be honest. It's usually Absolutely. line A. Scoot, scoot, why don't you scoot? Like, if I hear that again, like for freak's sakes. Like, I, you know, it's it's just amazing. So, like, and, and that a little bit of apathy and a little bit of frustration, you know, seeing who's in the lineup 
and actually watching these guys that are, you know, barely AHL players con- consistently in the lineup and shit like that. Like it's that that's what annoyed me this year, right? And the fact that you know it's kind of dead. Like before, you used to you used to go to games, spend your money on tickets. Not mind spending thirty, forty bucks on 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 beers, right? And and you're good to go. But after how many years, and then just seeing how this team's progressing, it's it's you know it's not fun dropping all that cash anymore. And and you know what? It's not fun the fact that you can't go out to tav and get a cheap beer in between periods anymore and sh- and stuff like that, right? So I don't know. It just to me, it, it, I kind of lost it, lo- it. Lost a little bit of luster for me, right? So. And, and I'm a guy that started off, like, with seats in 107, and then, Ooh, you know, for the look first, at that brag. first three 107, years. damn. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah until, I got, I, until I got kicked out of that hockey group for, for whatever reason, right? And then, <laughs> Let me shit. guess, was it for loving Bomber uh, uh, too much, Roddy? Yeah. Well, yeah, no, well, you know, kind of, I kind of went in, I, I don't want to get into details, but I kind of went in with this. These guys that own a business and the, the dude that I was close to got kicked out of the part, the, the ownership group. So like I got kicked out with them. So anyway, hey. looking, looking back at it, I've saved some bucks, but you know what? I, I've supported this team a lot and you know what? Super excited. I was super, super excited to, to drop thousands of dollars a year on, on this team for a really shit ass team yelling GST, GST that first year and fucking hashtagging MV Pavlik and shit like that my first year to, to where I'm at right now, right? So, but I'm not alone. I'm not alone in that lack of enthusiasm and seeing the same shit over and over again and now extending the losing his coach ever for three, for three more freaking so, so years. So let's talk right? about Maurice because I, I totally feel you. Like, it's not about their wins and losses on the ice. It's that the way they play has been awful especially early this season it's just it's not watchable and low event yeah hockey. you know what and so here i'm gonna come out with a real like a, a weird which, take on this. Which, it's what maurice had to do with the lineup he had and so i'm gonna defend maurice for a second like he had a bunch of ahl defenders out there uh and so he had to make the game boring for them to be competitive at all and so I'm actually on Maurice's side for this year, at least the beginning of this year, when they kind of figured it out um, and they haven't like figured it out. But if you're icing Anthony Batetto and Lucas Spiza and Carl Dahlstrom, like guys that no other team in the league want. But that's that's the it's problem. Totally the problem. That's the problem. But like, no, but it's it's a problem because if we're gonna fucking ice AHL level fucking defensemen, ice the young guys that have been in the system I'm for a while already. I'd rather see those. I'd rather see those guys than fucking seeing Anthony. Oh, Dettel totally out, out there. there. Um, but it's like it's Maurice. This this is the criticism of Maurice is that he's stuck in the grit and grind uh, mentality of how hockey is played. Like I need guys with toughness yeah, and blah blah yeah. blah. And, uh, and my ass is my ass is fucking chafed raw from all the fucking grit that I've had to sit on for the rest of my life. All I'm saying is the team that Chevy gave him at the beginning of the year. Like, what the fuck would you do with that team? I'd be like, I, I would turn to Connor Hellbuck and be like, sorry, and that, and then just like put him out there. But uh, like, I don't know what else he could have done with what he was given at the beginning of the year. 
now that we're through yeah. the middle of the year where he hasn't played any, you know, many of the young guys, I, I feel you a lot more. But at the beginning of the year, I, I, I kind of think he was stuck. So here's my thing. I actually sure. think that like on this podcast, we're not super, we're not, we're not, we don't typically like present, present that view um, about, you know, realistically, what would you do if you're in Maurice's shoes? Because mm-hmm. I mean, I would oh, am like I getting kicked off this podcast by Mike right now. That's what's uh, happening. I just like, just like, bro, I'm just, bro, I'm just reaching out. just going to tell you man to man that we don't really say that here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bro. This is uh, not a safe space. Stop, uh, stop saying nice things about Maurice right now. Yeah, I got you. So, so I mean, no, like I was thinking. Actually, I was actually saying that, meaning that as a positive, because if you actually do put yourself in the coach's shoes, I mean, like, well, like, yeah, I'd rather win. I'd rather like you know win five four and then lose six five and lose seven three, you know, and just repeat that cycle because that's really entertaining. And, uh, you know, who knows, like maybe actually we'll end up winning more games than we lose that way. But I think that my main beef is with this like bizarre, I still don't understand the man to man defensive system, which like I, you can go on YouTube and like, look up the, like the ashen faced Mark Shifley interview after we get eliminated by St. Louis, after the jets have like been like this team of destiny the entire year. And then totally shit the bed the entire, you know, two. You mean they played their worst game of the year in game six against St. Louis? Yeah. Oh, well, they all quit. Like that was like an exclamation point to a very bad, you know, since basically Christmas, uh, at least team. But when Mark Scheife was interviewed, they're asking him like, and Ken Weeb asked him, you know, what can this team do about the de- the defense? And Mark Scheife literally said, you know, play like Pitt. That's what he said. Play like Pitt. Play like Pittsburgh. Uh, because he's referencing when the St- when the Pittsburgh Penguins won two Stanley Cups, at least one of which was without any yeah, any semblance. One and one and a half defensemen. One of them, one one and of them was Trevor Daly. Like, like uh, they had more yeah. defensemen than spleens. You know, so that's a like a bad sign for defense. No, but uh, it, it, the Chris Letang it, joke there. Sorry. <laughs> no one was. No, but honestly, like, I get what you're saying, Mike. Like, know where your strengths are, right? Like, I mean, no, if you've got, if you're, if you're, you're heavy with talent up front, like, play that type of, to play that type of hockey. Like, and I don't know, man. I just, you can't do that with somebody who's stuck in 1994, though. He's never going to come up with that. Ultimately, ultimately, that's what Paul Maurice chose to do. And I think he went for a super defensive style and his team still, gave up like the most shots and high danger scoring chances in the league for like the entire season besides Detroit. And the only thing that's bailed him out has been Connor Hellebuck. So to me, whatever, I'm just a dummy, but I would do like, well, I guess with hindsight, man, you should just like at least tried for the goals because, uh, because you know, either way you're relying on your goalie and you don't have a defense. So you might as well try to score. Mm-hmm. The one thing I'll say they've done tactically is I think the system actually does limit chances going east-west, and that's where Hellebuck is the worst uh, if you look at his advanced goalie stats. So they've been at least, even though they're high danger and people are left wide open all alone in front of them, that's actually the thing he's good at stopping. So uh, I'm not saying, like, Hellebuck has totally played like an MVP all year. I'm not taking anything away from him. 
but at least I think there is some acknowledgement of like, here's the, the type of shot that Hellebuck is slightly better at handling um, versus, you know, the, the way they were playing last year, especially um, through the midpoint is there, are, there are oftentimes giving a lot of chances that went side to side that he really struggled to handle. Yeah. Uh, I have, a, I have, a, I'll say I have a little, t- I have a little bit of time for that. Yeah. I, yeah. I believe that. So where are you guys on the free Niku movement? Were you like early free Niku types? I've, I've been on the free Niku train for a couple years. I'm not saying I'm an originator or anything like that. Uh, but I do want to say, did this podcast like screw over that young man's career? Because he cannot make the yeah. ice now. <laughs> Absolutely. We screw all of them up. Look at what we fucking did to yeah. Nick Patan, right? Pretty so, soon we're going to see him know. have to get like, you know, minoxidil for his like hair or something. We've like ruined that guy's career. And I'm worrying we're doing the same thing to Niku. Like this injury with soccer, I just, I, I feel so bad for that guy. And I don't know if I'm Niku, maybe I'm like, I need to get the hell out of this like cursed town after everything that's happened. Well, he doesn't want to be. Well, here he anyways, better so. remain here. His son's here. No what do you mean his son's here? I don't know about this. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Well, I mean, <coughs> no man. Come I have on. Instagram. In when you you become a Come dad, on. you stay, man. You stay. He stay. <laughs> <laughs> so okay but, i mean that like that uh, that aside yes it's like there's obviously been some kind of a curse that's gone on yes i admit it um but it's been really disappointing for me personally as a really big fan of not only niku's hair but also his uh free-flowing offensive uh hair i mean skating style <laughs> he's he um to me i can't shake i'm 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 not like a guy that's like, well, he's like a first pair defenseman, like in waiting or like even Sammy Niku is just sitting there ready, waiting to carry even a second pair of defense, like defensive spot. I think that this, I think that what he is though, is a guy, even if he's not it right away is someone that's very soon going to be an above average bottom pair defenseman, like a really well above average defenseman, someone that can, you know, anchor a power play unit be you know outscore the opposition from that point which yes is more than you can say about anthony Batetto, lucas biza carl darlstrom uh even yes tucker pullman tucker pullman needs a lot of work before he can outscore uh bottom pair defenseman competition sammy niku you're talking that- about tucker pullman that has one career shorthanded goal now so let's let's ease off Tucker Pullman. Okay, I admit that he is now a legend. Man. He is basically um, he's basically Sergey Bouton for me. <laughs> As in he he is a legend. But okay, I mean I don't want to ramble on, but like you guys know, like that's that's how I see it. I think that the injury stuff, I think is not all is not all curse. I think that some of the stuff going on beforehand is chalked up to. Maurice thinks that my hair is too long or I have sideburns or I can't play defense syndrome. But yeah, from, from what I've heard, there's been a lot of personality conflict. Right. And like, and that I, and I do, I mean, whatever, like I'm not there in the room and all that. Like, I don't know. And I do think that like, like that's going to be a factor in coaches decisions, 
but I think that it's very unfortunate because with that they can't get the most out of, you know, even like a like an imperfect asset, like an imperfect player. I really think that it behooves the coaching staff to get the most out of players like that, especially when you're short on proper NHL class defensemen. Well, and and that's 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 where the frustration sets in, right? Like you'd rather have these not even middling these borderline NHL defensemen that have, you know, struggled to to maintain roster spots or ice time on 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 a plethora of other NHL teams. We we'd much rather ice them than than the young guys that we have, and especially like a guy like Niku, AHL defenseman of the year, and. You know, he was up with the team most of last year. Like the, you know, the the logical progression is for him to be in this lineup, especially with with the way it's been depleted, and it just hasn't been the case, right? So, you know, and then now, honestly, like he had his chance. Like it, it just, it's it's ironic. It's it's serendipitous that you know he has his chance. He's got he's got a chance to be in the lineup, and then he gets you know he gets hurt in in warm up. I- so I'm I'm with you. I think Mike's totally right. Uh, we just don't know about Niku. We don't know if he's potentially a second pair guy. We don't know if he's a third pair guy. Maybe he's a AHLer for life. We just haven't seen it. Uh, so even if you were looking at him as like, hey, this is a guy that's really suited to the modern NHL. He can like move the puck and stuff. Maurice never gave Chevy any ammo to even trade the guy because he hasn't played anywhere. So like, why would you trade for Niku? If you're another team, because you don't know anything about him. So I'm all on on this side. I, I feel like Maurice has really botched this. And I just feel bad for the kid right now. Like, I don't feel that bad for the kid. Like, look at his hair. That, and like, apparently I need to look at his Instagram because that guy has game, apparently. But outside of that, um, I, I, I'm almost on the side of like, Let's cut him loose so that he can go actually have a successful career. Because if Maurice buries him again at the beginning of the year, I'm like, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to burn something down. Like I, I just start, I'm starting to just feel bad for him because you can see, even though he, he's talked about wanting out and all that kind of stuff. That's because he strikes me as a guy that wants to play and win. Like he has some competitive juice there. Uh, and, and those are the kind of players that are fun to watch. Uh, because they give a shit uh, as opposed to some of the guys that really are just, you know, trying to make a, you know, a living off of this kind of thing. All right. Uh, Roddy. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I got to I got to cut in real quick. Um, oh, Tyler's I, here. Look out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I don't know about him being locker room kryptonite, but as a fellow long hair, this is real short. As a fellow long hair, <laughs> I can confirm that it does kind of, turn you into a bit of a dick sometimes so i wouldn't be surprised if he's not the greatest presence in the locker room just purely based on his hair oh well i mean it's turned me into an asshole and it's like okay. in the bible how samson was a dick and then like that woman cut his hair delilah delilah cut samson's hair and then samson became less of a dick and became susceptible to being murdered and you know as a guy with no hair i think all you long-haired motherfuckers are <laughs> yeah. dicks Exactly, so, and you're yeah, right. You're right. That's the thing is, you're correct. We're all fucking assholes. Yeah. The way you guys walk into a fucking room, the way you you shake your head and then flip 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 the back yeah, of your hair with your motion. hand and shit like and that. And I just, just did that. Yeah, and all you 
all you assholes that come straight out of a head and shoulders commercial can you yeah, get the fuck I, out of like here like the only kind of player i trust is the kind of player like line a that can't grow a proper beard like that's a guy i understand uh like, well, his limitations since he's in 14 yeah I mean, I get that guy. He's like the world has put him down. Uh, and so I get it. I understand his motivation for for really trying because he has to make up for deficiencies yeah, I mean, on his face. I have respect. You know, I, I'm OK with with Ehlers because he's got that skullet starting. Right. So like he's still got the, the lettuce in the back, but he's got that that really hideous receding hairline in the front. Like he's the modern day ally of Frady. Right. Like he's. He's good to go with me. He's good in my books, uh, man. That and the fact that he fights. I agree. I, I mean, like every other Jets fan, the fact that he's willing to drop mitts like that. I'll add the disclaimer that any good. of us will be willing to trade positions with any of these men like any day of the week to have anything they have uh, compared to what I'm stuck with. Like my like white, growingly white beard at this point. I am like the Santa Claus of, of the of the Indian subcontinent at this point. Brown Santa. Brown, Brown Santa's Santa. legit. Yeah. Uh, so last question. <laughs> so Roddy, you're basically like, you know, I gave up my tickets. I'm kind of out on things. What would, what would bring you back in? Are, are you optimistic about the future? Is this a, is this like a, I'm out and I'm, I'm walking away uh, permanently, or is there something that would bring you back into the fold? Somebody finding some really bad dirt on Palmer Reese that would no, no. I'm just I don't no. You know what? They start they start playing exciting hockey. I'm back in. Like I, you know what? If they start playing like 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 the guy like they have the, the over the last week and actually super competitive, they get out and you know they're not asleep the first period and they actually start scoring some goals first and you know what? Leaving it all on the line. Like I don't know. Like maybe it's the the push that. That's that's motivating them to play like they are, but you know, just exciting, exciting hockey that's that's worthwhile watching and 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 playing like 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 they have something to play for, and actually, you know, not wasting this fucking all time season that that Connor Hellebuck is having, right? So oh. I don't know. They start winning, they start scoring goals. Yeah, I, I'm in. Like I'm not that far off. I'm just saying, like, it, I've I've had a little bit of apathy, and you know what? You know, I'm still. You know, suffering from PTSD from being at that Hall of Fame luncheon and 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 actually listening to Chipman, like when he announced that extension, it kind of kind of came out in slow motion to me, like and and I'm like, oh fuck, and audibly and 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 everybody turned around to to look at me when I said it when he announced it, like like since then it's been kind of like you know what, but you know what. Just winning, like winning cures everything, right? If they start to win and start playing, start playing consistently, yeah. Like I'm not, I'm still a Jets fan. Don't don't put the winning on this because we don't, we're not Leafs fans, we're Jets fans. Like we're not fair weather. Like oh, win and then then I'll show up. Sure, I I still watch every game. Sure, I I flip over to curling in in between (laughs) all the time, and maybe instead of, but I still tune into every game. I'm still there, you know, but. You know, even even last game, I tweeted once or twice, which I haven't oh been doing very much. And, so. and Twitter's accessible, so that's a that's a big lift on your part. Yeah. Uh, Roddy, quick follow up: Would you vote Hellebuck for MVP? Does he deserve an MVP vote? We're talking full heart. Forget Vesna; he's got to be in the top three for Vesna. But would you give him? 
consideration for the heart because that's been some of the buzz uh, uh, in hockey media. They make they make the playoffs than I do. Mike, how about you? Where are you at on on Hellebuck? Uh, for me, I think it's tough to argue that any one player has meant more to their team than than Connor Hellebuck. I mean, I'm not saying I'm saying that he would definitely be a finalist. Uh, for me, regardless, I think that for him to actually become a finalist for the NHL, the Jets would need to make the playoffs. He would need to carry the Jets the last extra mile and actually qualify them for the playoffs. Uh, I think we're Detroit without him. Like we are that bad with any other, like a normal goalie. Uh, we are uh, just so far out of it that it, it, it'd be amazing. So I think he deserves some votes. Uh, regardless if we get in or not, I don't think he gets to the top three because because we're Winnipeg. We're not getting any votes for Hart Trophy. That's not how this tro- this award system works. But uh, at the same time, uh, I feel like he has answered all the questions that were coming up about him last year. Uh, and he's great. And he's like a traditional hockey goalie. He's super weird, uh, w- which is kind of <laughs> like how I like my goalies. Like, you have to be a little bit weird, a little bit like antisocial and and have strange habits. And he meets all of that. And he also stops the puck. Uh, not much more I can ask. Uh, any final mm-hmm. thoughts, gentlemen? I know. Oh, is Tyler coming back in with oh, one more hot shot? Back in, I got one more, one more pipe. Um, yeah, Hellebuck is fantastic this year. He didn't play up to expectations last year. I think most people would agree with. Um, he's been playing fantastic. Unfortunately, he's got basically shit for defense in front of him. Um, we wouldn't, you know, like you said, we'd basically be Detroit if it weren't for him. And uh, if things work out, we make it to the playoffs. We're a team, like not a team of destiny, but uh, a miracle team. And if we make it through one or like, I won't, you won't even say it. Maybe another round. I did say it. Um, They're, they're legends. If they don't make it to the playoffs, they fought a good fight. Hellebuck played an excellent season. It's going to be like that weird year where Jose Teodor, did he win the MVP or he was nominated for it? He won Vezina one year. But he won the Vezina, but he was also nominated for the Heart that year, I believe. Yeah. Um, but they didn't make the playoffs. It, it might be one of those weird seasons where goaltender is the reason that the team isn't in the absolute shit tank. And, you know, if they make it to the playoffs, you, we don't know what might happen. You, you're right. Theodore uh, tied again left to co-win the Hart Trophy in 2002. Co-win. What, what an embarrassment for hockey for Osterdor <laughs> to, to win the, co-win the Hart Trophy. First of all, that's also the most NHL thing ever to co-award the MVP trophy uh, to a couple guys. Uh, I, I'm actually feeling pretty optimistic. I don't, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think the uh, there's, there's too many other teams around them that have better schedules down the stretch, but I don't care if they keep playing like they're playing this week. And even if they fall off the map, uh, I would be so psyched to see, even though he's having an awful, awful year, I would love to see Veseline and come, come back up and play, you know, a week or two oh, with the jets. I'm so excited to see Niku come back from this injury and play a week or two. 
Uh, and uh, like we're going to get Lowry and Perot back. And this feels like kind of uh, the end of the run that Perot's having with us uh, in the next, you know, whether he's here next year or gets traded next year or whatever happens with him. Uh, and I'm I'm excited for him. He's our he's our little Pat Verbeek out there. So uh, I'm excited for uh, some of those storylines to conclude. So I'm I'm all in. I'm I'm not optimistic we make it there, but uh, frankly I don't care. I'm a Jets fan. I'm willing to um, handle all the disappointment you can throw at me. Uh, there'll be more interviews coming up uh, this week on Jet Centric. Mike Roddy, do you have anything to plug? Let's start with Roddy. Yeah, uh, All Star January. It's a it's a benefit concert on the twenty first. Um, there's a bunch of acts: the Dust Rhinos, Earl Ranville and the Seaweed Band, the Tom Duchon Band. Uh, there's got some dancing, and then My Three Dads, which is a which is a band, and actually uh, on drums uh, will be Mark Chipman. <laughs> but um, tickets are. <laughs> <laughs> tickets are 49 bucks and and all the proceeds go to uh the bruce oak recovery center and uh project 11 so obviously bruce oak recovery center is a is a cause that's near and dear to my heart project 11 is a great great uh, initiative um helping kids in winnipeg um, um deal with uh, mental health issues and actually promoting uh healthy mental health and and a bunch of other initiatives. So it's it's a great cause. Some great bands. Got some uh, comedians there too, and I'll be there volunteering, kind of being like security roadie kind of deal. And um, yeah, good times. Saturday, March twenty first. So tickets are available on Wixit, uh, Tixit, I mean. And um, yeah, hope to see a bunch awesome. of people there. Where was it? Was that? Oh, it's at the Met. So it's at the Matt, great venue to, to have a benefit and uh, a lot of great prizes and stuff too. So, Mike, Tyler, good. are you uh, drinking any other nights this week that people can join in? Yeah, actually, it might be at the game, the Vegas game tomorrow. So if this gets posted in time, you can come join. Uh, or, um, you know, yeah, just do, do it that way, I guess. And uh, you can I just... Plug, I want to plug... Yeah, uh, uh, so if you can ask me what to plug, let's talk... Let's talk transit. Let's talk Winnipeg transit. We need free transit. Let's start talking about making this a uh, city that works for everybody. We've got to get some buses going. Uh, it can be uh, diesel buses or electrical buses. But uh, we got to get around the city together. We can't always rely on cars. We've got to drive together. Let's do this. Free transit. Let's go. I'm behind that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter where I'll, I'll either be shit talking the Jets or uh, talking about this coronavirus killing us all. It'll be good times. Uh, thanks for joining us. There'll be uh, interviews coming up in, in the next week. Uh, but in typical Jets-centric fa- uh, fashion, you know, who knows when. Thanks for listening. I'm Kurt Gilback, and thank you for listening to the Jet centric Broadcast.